Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And Chris, you and I both went this morning to another uh, another sad, but I guess in some ways happy uh, court you event. Know, it's hard to tell, right? Um, we'll have to see, you know, how, how it all works out. You know, it's it's one of these things where it's like, you don't know. You really, you still don't know. It's 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 uh, it's still kind of unfolding. Well, let's talk about what what it was. And yeah. I'm actually glad that nobody is uh, normally here with us. Our our co-host nobody is normally here on uh, Friday nights. He asked for the night off tonight. He has not slept apparently for days, and is pretty exhausted. It's kind of uh, understandable, <laughs> given that yeah, I suspect his not sleeping. I mean, he tends to sometimes not sleep anyways, just because he gets in a you know he just programs and and never stops. Sure, uh, but I, I suspect it has to do with the fact that he did take a plea deal this morning in the crypto six case, and that that probably is what kept him uh, from sleeping over the past few days. And nobody and I are are allowed to talk again under the bail conditions that were modified a few weeks ago, several weeks ago now at this point. But we still aren't allowed to talk about the case. Uh, so it's probably better that he's actually not here because, like, I would think we should be able to say what he did since that's How public, are you supposed right? to defend yourself and not be able to speak to the co-defendant? You know, it just seems that seems crazy. It's to insane. Me. It seems yeah. like a violation of like fundamental due process rights. If you're going to be tried with somebody else, you got to be able to talk to them about like, well, what did happen? What didn't happen? What yeah. do you recall? What do I recall? Well, the know? FBI and the prosecutors certainly get to talk to each other. You don't blame anybody. I don't blame anybody for for taking a plea if they feel like that's the best road for them i mean it's it's sad because it's a federal felony and that's something i learned this week i didn't know this uh i knew you could uh do a nullification not nullification but annulment of uh, like a state felony is, is that what they call it because i, I used that word earlier yeah. and i thought that wasn't quite right that wasn't quite the right word that's the legal term isn't it to... annulment when they like undoes it i thought they just Correct. erased it from the record not all of it that. wasn't technically an annulment uh, an annulment would be an erasing from the record, and, and basically you are not convicted of that thing. But that's There's what they—that's no what legally they call it—is an annulment. Yes, that's okay. correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they don't have that in the, the federal, federal system right. for a felony. For a felony conviction, right. federal level, you cannot get so, that annulment. You know it's there for life. I I was always under the impression that you couldn't annul it, and I didn't realize that you could at the state level. You can. at least some states. I think it has to go. Yeah, I don't know if it's all states, but here yeah. in New Hampshire, I think it's like. Seven to ten years if it's a felony or something like that, See, and after that time, I had never heard of that before yep. until I, I think probably until I got to New Hampshire. Yeah, I think for uh, misdemeanors it can be as little as like three years or something, depending on the class of the misdemeanor. Et you know, the thing that I find really weird about at least New Hampshire, and I don't know if this is the same in other states, but it, like there's an arrest record, and you can you have to pay them a hundred dollars if you want to clear wipe it. it. Yeah, to yeah. wipe it. It's like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. I, they didn't charge me, they didn't convict me, you know, and mm. and yet you have an arrest record like that's somehow going to be used against you potentially. You know, it's like. They're going to get money out of you any yeah. way they can. And I and, and you have to pay for that? Yeah. Like the, the person who wasn't even, you know, convicted of anything? It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Well, that's uh, government for you. Yep. And uh so that's where we were this morning. But then we went a little bit later to Footloose had another court hearing <laughs> that was an entertaining like <laughs> that yeah. was more entertaining than the first trial oh, of course i mean yeah. and we have video because it's state court and oh, they, yeah. they have to let video cameras in there which is one of the things that you know i i have to wonder 
surely someone has challenged the federal courts not allowing in cameras at some point, right? Like that must have happened in I the two, you know, you know hundred years or here, long. Here's the difference. The federal courts usually are only taking much more serious cases, like where there's more serious jail time. Like, I mean, think about it. They, What's that have to, that has nothing to do with bringing a camera in. No, no, no. But you're you're not going to go after the small stuff. You're going to be focused on the big stuff. What right? do you mean? You're going to be focused on whatever you're being accused of. You're not going to be most in most cases. Oh, you mean you're not going to be worrying about challenging. I just stuff mean like media. The federal government would like you to believe that it's all about quote unquote defrauding the banks. Oh, this is so ridiculous. Even I mean, though they've admitted <laughs> that the banks did not actually lose any money or property. And you have to. Li- I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing. I. I it bothers me to no end that we don't have audio or video recording of these prosecutors yeah. saying this stuff because it's like you you should people should be so upset and angry, but the courts keep this you know this kind of stuff from you because they don't allow at the federal level they don't allow you in to record right. Yeah, it's really frustrating. And uh, like I said, I, I if anybody knows if there's ever been a case, I mean, I just presume that. With all the media in the United States and freedom of the press and all that, surely (laughs) someone has brought a case against these stupid court rules that prohibit the most basic of recording devices from coming into the courthouse. I mean, the thing is, when you start looking at, like, stats and things like that, it's almost as bad as a show trial, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the court system. Um, I think it's something like 98% 98 of cases, I think there's a plea plea bargain, uh, so they plead guilty. Um, basically under duress because yeah. they're threatened with uh, yep. you know ridiculous amounts of time in jail in a cage, and then uh, and other that people, happened in this case, of course, of where the, they were threatened with more charges, yep. mm-hmm. which they weren't mm-hmm. told what the nope. what more charges would nope. be. You know, it's it's one thing if you were going after rapists and murderers, but that's not you know that's not what they're going after. They're not they're not targeting people with actual victims. They're targeting you know mo- you know they're targeting political activists. So they're targeting yeah. you know even when even when somebody gets charged with something like wire fraud, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the reason that they're investigating that case. Um, right. If you start looking at like like numbers too, often you'll find like that there's these weird cases where you know there's you know uh, like frequently when they when you're in, when you're seeing what the FBI will prosecute, it's going to be stuff that's like, okay, there was so many millions of dollars involved in like uh, fraud, like actual fraud, mm-hmm. where you know there was a there might have been a victim, an actual. That's victim. the reason why the wire fraud statutes were written, right? Was right. for actual fraud. But when you when you go and you look at what they what they sometimes prosecute, which are are people who have not created any kind of victim, mm-hmm. that should make people think, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, why are they going after these particular individuals? And and, right. and, and I think it's a perfect example is the Crypto 6 case here. So, uh, You mentioned activists being prosecuted. We talked about um, briefly, but I want to get deeper into what happened uh, in state court today where you and I went to watch the Footloose hearing. Footloose yeah. is one of what they are calling the New Hampshire Nine, although uh, Joa from uh, Breaking the Flaw, he had a much better name. He called them the Noble Nine, which I liked. I thought that was much better. But people have been calling it the New Hampshire Nine. People, uh, nine people who were arrested, most of whom... Didn't know one another. But for Footloose, he got a new char more than one new charge today, as yeah. I understand it. Um, so we're talking about the New Hampshire Nine. They got arrested at this executive council meeting to oppose. Just uh, ridiculous. In protest, if you will, even though they weren't protesting, they were just sitting silently. Well, they're uh, facing their backs to Sununu. They, they, they were having, I think, I think the best way to describe it is a silent protest. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was non-disruptive as well. Uh, and so they uh, they got arrested. First, uh, first Footloose and Therese were led back. And in my opinion, they should not have gotten up 
Um, if it, you know, it's easy to second guess, right? Whenever yeah. you're on the outside looking at somebody's situation, but basically, state police goons came up to them and invited them, asked mm. them to get up and come to the back of the room. And if it were me, I would say, no, no, thanks. I'm I'm here to watch the meeting. Well, you, you know, you, you can't talk because if you talk, then that's <laughs> violating the rules, uh, which is disorderly, which means that they have now a reason to arrest you. Well, I would rather they arrest me in front of the crowd than do what they did, which mm-hmm. was sneakily lead them to the back <laughs> of the room where there was like a, not a, curtain. a yeah, like a, a large curtain cordoning sure. off the, like half the room. They took them behind the curtain and then proceeded to arrest them for. Well, actually, he didn't know. They're going to allege that they disturbed the meeting. But I think they have no case. If they disturbed but, the meeting, Sununu led the disturbance. Yeah. <laughs> I think they have no case personally, and we may see some of these charges get dropped uh, later on. But it'll be interesting to see this when it finally does go to trial. Again, today oh, wasn't yeah. the trial. Today, they brought out new charges against Footloose. They charged him with another disorderly conduct for when they took him back Again, they they called it disorderly conduct when they were just sitting there, and yeah. then when they were arresting him for that, uh, then they uh, he shouted out, "We're getting sa- arrested!" Yeah, something like that. So you know what's interesting? And they, they charged him for that. Yeah. So you know what's interesting too is, I, and, and I suspect this is why they're saying that he wasn't under arrest immediately when they mm-hmm. brought him to the back, is because if they had, then all those following charges would probably not be um, uh, usable in court because it would be like kind of the, the fruit of the, I think, is that called the fruit of the poisonous tree? Mm-hmm. That is that is something. but That is something. But fruit basically, fruit of the poisonous uh, tree, basically the idea is if, if, if the... Fruit of the poison tree is generally like if you um, wrongfully search a house or... Uh, yeah, if you if you do a search on a house and it's like illegal or something yeah, like that, and you find something, and you, you can't find use something it. illegal, if you're yeah. if you're like for example, if you pull somebody over and your basis for pulling them over is an out tail out tail light, but their their tail light isn't out, then anything that you find thereafter can be thrown out. For those that don't know, attorneys are officers of the court, and I don't. <clears throat> I don't mean to attack attorneys here to say all of them are bad because not not all of them are bad. Some of them are pretty decent. But the fact is, they all are officers of the court. They all swear an oath of allegiance to the court in order to become an attorney. That's part of the deal. Mm. So the, the attorney, even though they're your attorney, <laughs> they still have an allegiance to the system. And it gets kind of even more interesting because they actually all know. I mean, I don't say all know each other, but like these guys went In to New Hampshire, together. they all know each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. seems like the, all the um, ones associated with Crypto 6 know each other, even the prosecution. Yeah, it, you're literally talking mm-hmm. to, you're, you're basically, they're kind of all on the same team, so to speak, right? Um, you know, you're paying to them. To some extent. Yeah, I mean, you're paying them, but it's, <laughs> yeah. That's still their they job have- to... Their incentive is they want to win their case. Sure. It's still their job to represent the client as best as they can in the system, within the rules Mm -hmm. and the structure. When you're an activist who's not an attorney and you have not accepted the representation of an attorney, you've got more leeway. You've got more things that you can do during a court case than the attorney can get away with. You can say things to a judge that an attorney would be disbarred for saying. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. 
I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Oh, it's also worth mentioning that afterwards... Uh, so as soon as the judge leaves the bench, you know, people are getting up there, getting ready to leave, and Footloose turns, and he says to one of the prosecutors, <laughs> who was this, like, bearded guy who you think you'd see in, like, a biker video or, like, at a biker bar or something. Like, he doesn't, he didn't look like a prosecutor. When he walked in, I was surprised when he put a mask on and stood at the prosecutor's table. Uh, but he was a prosecutor. He's the DA, right? Maybe. I don't know who he was, actually. Maybe he's, I think he worked for the state police in the, in this case. Um, he was so in a safety uh, what, department of safety. Department of safety vehicle. That doesn't surprise me. So, yeah, yeah he's probably actually uh, one of their agents who moonlights said, as in a he, as a prosecutor. Yeah, he said. You know, I don't know about that because he said he wasn't. He he didn't. He it wasn't his job at least to arrest people. Like he didn't have that. Oh, so he is responsibility. Guy. Um, so yeah, it sounded like maybe not a police officer. Anyway, Footloose turns to him and says, "How's that?" Is that, how's that mask work with that beard? Because, again, if you've got a beard on, the mask is doing next to nothing. I mean, the, already the masks are ineffective, but if you've well, got a... He wasn't wearing it outside. He sure, took it he off. walked in the courtroom right. and put it on. Right. <laughs> uh, he was clearly doing it for the judge yes. who was a masked judge. Yes. And, and not every judge is masked in New Hampshire. So this judge wears a mask. This guy was totally... And, and Footloose called him out. He said, oh, well, you're signaling. With Instagram... You have to log in. I think there is a website, but you have to log in to do anything with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like Facebook. With TikTok, you can just go to a channel and you can watch anybody's video without having to log in, which and is also, nice. And also, it's really easy to just share a video. Like, I can just send something to my sister on text instead of in the app, mm. and it, she can watch it without having an account or anything. But on the downside... Oh, by the way, it's the number one website. So it actually... Uh, Google. Uh, it, it It beat Google recently. Like, within the last year, it topped Google. Wait, what are we talking about? We're talking about TikTok? TikTok? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a Chinese app, isn't it? That was the other yeah. thing, yes. It's a Chinese government-run <laughs> oh, app. Uh, well, I mean, it's not technically the government, but it pretty much it's is. It's the government. <laughs> That's the way things work over there. So, it really is. Uh, anyway, so we've got to, you know, we're kind of in both fields, right? We're, we're on the broadcast radio with over 190 great AM and FM radio stations that air this show at various different times throughout the week. So thank you to all the wonderful radio stations we have out there and all the, the people that listen to us on those stations. And we're uh, a podcast. We have a podcast. We've actually had archives that you can download. That's uh, new media, right? It's not even that new anymore. Podcasts no. <laughs> came out in 2005. Technically, uh, they go back farther than that. They just weren't called podcasts. Well, the RSS feed didn't come out, I don't think, until around then. Newspapers are also the old media that's having the most difficulty surviving in the new media environment. And Chris, you're almost to age 40. Not quite, I think, right? Yep. Um, I'm in my early 40s. Bonnie, you're in your mid-20s. Have you ever read a newspaper before? <laughs> At the Moose Mart. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, as you were growing up, did you ever encounter, did your parents read papers? Did you? We never had a newspaper. Didn't? Really? No. Okay. They had the news on the TV. They're in their 50s, so her parents are, you know, Gen X, and they weren't reading newspapers you know, in the last They're early years. 50s. They're not, like, really old. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting is, I, I remember, like, I mean, my parents got a newspaper, right? I mean, everybody, you know, during my 
generation. My parents got one too. Yeah, right. It wasn't until I was like an adult that nobody was getting newspapers. <laughs> but my parents are in their early seventies. Yeah, same yeah. here. Yeah. Um, so, but you know what's interesting is I always thought you know there is like. There's, I mean, these papers, uh, people today don't understand what a newspaper is because, like, they think it's like a pamphlet, right? Because mm-hmm. they're so small. They're getting but, way thinner. Right. Also, the Keen Sentinel can't have that much to say well, about Keen on a weekend. Uh, uh, here's the problem, though. Like, <laughs> I, I came from a county where, you know, the paper was this thick, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's no thicker than the Keen Sentinel. It's, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, we're talking about like You're a handful about the Sunday of, edition? Yeah, the Sunday okay. edition. The okay. Sunday, obviously, because it, yeah, it wasn't. There's all the ads, yeah. there's stuff in there. Magazines are also hurting big time as far as print. The print industry in general is hurting. Books obviously are competing now with with ebooks. Uh, TV Guide, these magazines, a lot of them have completely gone out of business. TV Guide apparently is not out of business at this point. However, really, yep. According to uh, Wikipedia, they still in business. They well, uh, there's still somebody out there that wants to get uh, a physical. Thing they can hold in their hands to tell them what's on the the, the old telly. I, I don't. I can't even comprehend like like where like who is who is acquire, Where do you even acquire something like that nowadays? Uh, I presume at a uh, at grocery a grocery store, store or a magazine. I it, bet, like, you know where I was thinking. I probably have seen them on military bases. Probably. I true. wonder. Veterans. I wonder if they don't really exist outside of PX. a licensing model now because they license the data to cable channels or or cable. TV companies or something like that, because I I can't imagine that they're making it off the actual like physical print guide. Hmm. Well, uh, they were losing a lot of money apparently, according to the Wikipedia article here. October of two thousand eight, Macrovision, the owner at the time, sold the money losing magazine, which was posting revenue losses of twenty million dollars per year uh, at that point, to another company called OpenGate Capital for one dollar. So, yeah, newspapers are near and dear to my heart. I think it goes back to, like, arts and crafts in school when you cut up the newspapers and make paper mache. I was always the kid, like, reading them and, and cutting out <laughs> articles and, oh. and reading the comics. Um, can you like, say, even, I, you don't, I know you're a lady, you don't have to say how old you are, but can you say, like, generally, like, in how how old you might be? <laughs> I was born in 1990, so I'm 31. Okay. I'm a cancer. So you're actually fairly <laughs> young for somebody that has a memory, a fond memory of newspapers. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm kind of one of those those people who kind of gravitates towards older things, I think. Hmm. Were your parents newspaper subscribers? Did you get one every morning at the the house where you were growing up? Um, actually, I lived in a small town where they gave, they, there was like a free shopper paper that mm-hmm. was like a free local paper that they gave you every Wednesday, which was pretty cool. It, it just like local articles. And I remember like sometimes on Sundays, my, my mom would go buy a newspaper and I would, I would read and there was always stuff that like you wouldn't know any other way. So like when they discover a new species, there was a thing and I had, I'd clip it out and like stick it in this big book of animals mm-hmm. that I had as a kid. It used to be like there was some like tangent of like oh they'll reach out to somebody for like a quote or whatever now they just make the oh, stuff up. Oh, you're saying they're it's, not doing good journalism? Yeah, now. the journalism yeah. quality is just really degraded. It's tanked. Yeah, and of course a lot of papers are leaning heavily on the AP and, oh, and yeah. syndicated uh, sources. Yep, There's yep. sort of reprinting syndicated stuff. Maybe not doing so much local reporting. 
Uh, although, to the Sentinel's credit, they are still doing local reporting. I remember going in there several, they definitely are. several years ago, and, and it's been some time since I've been in there, but I was I remember thinking, I think it was like 2015 when I went in there to be uh, interviewed for some, I was running for office at the time, mm. and I remember being shocked at how bustling their newsroom was. I was like, still? wait, how can this be? It's 2015. 2015. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and the other thing that happened with the Sentinel, I actually wrote a story about it years ago, and it'll be interesting to do an update on it now. Because all papers publish their circulation numbers, right? Like, that's a oh, thing. yeah. That's something they want you to know if you're an advertiser, right? Because right? the number one question that an advertiser is going to ask is, what's your circulation? How many subscribers do you have? How many print copies do you sell in the boxes every day or at local stores mm. or whatever? What's your, quote-unquote, pass-around rate? And that one's a little harder. I imagine harder to determine. Um, pass-around rate is where somebody buys a paper and then they hand it to somebody mm. when they're done reading it. So there's... That counts for an extra set of eyeballs. Yeah, if there was like a libertarian newspaper for just for the Free State Project, that would be really like, cool. And, and I might be into that. And the funny thing is, I, I actually have like contributed to financially to like certain um, uh, like media type outlets, but not like traditional newspapers. It's mm-hmm. more like, yeah. you know covering certain topics or something like that or certain industries or whatever right there actually have been uh free state or run newspapers here in Keene, as a matter of fact over the years uh, there used to be yeah, what be was fun. called the uh Keene free press and there was the new hampshire free press both of those were run by russell russell canning and what happened to them well russell left uh well, so he's back now i think he's coming back yes. was he doing it just from his house um I think they were printing with some professional printer. I don't remember who was doing their print jobs, but I I remember Daryl's. Uh, Daryl also Darryl Perry had, one. had one. I yeah. remember he. I think he had. A, if I recall, I'm pretty sure. FPP News. I yeah, I'm pretty sure called. he had like a crypto thing, like in the newspaper where you could donate to it. Yep, I think he did. Yeah, yeah that's I, cool. Yeah, I donated all the time to that. And so those <laughs> all existed that. in Keene. I've never heard of another Free State or newspaper outside of Keene. So Keene's kind of like the the hot spot for for Liberty Media. But, I think right now that could be big. Like hmm. every time there was a Free State or thing passed in the house, they could get a story. Well, the problem, of course, with uh, and, and people did take them. There's there's no doubt about that. Executives insist readers will get the same quality of journalism. Gannett's senior vice president of local news, Emily Nash, said there are particular pressures on print publications, including significant print costs, inflation, and a shortage of drivers that has left one out of ten delivery routes unstaffed. So they just don't have the people and the costs are going up dramatically. In fact, they're going to get into the numbers here. It's kind of interesting. Uh, she says our focus is always on trying to keep as many resources as possible in our newsrooms. And so looking at the part of the business where we're seeing declines, we have to mitigate for that and make sure that we're doing the right strategic moves for the future of the business. Our business is journalism, and that's at the core of what we do. But the Gannett papers are not the first to go in this direction. The plain, uh, plain dealer in Cleveland scaled back to three days of home delivery years ago. McClatchy, which owns 30 newspapers in uh, the United States, announced in 2019 they would be cutting Saturday out. Citing the pandemic, Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Times reduced their printing to just twice a week. I mean, that barely exists as a uh, as a print publication. Wait, twice a week? Twice a week from a daily, wow. seven-day-a-week publication. Tampa Bay Times, that's the paper of record in Tampa, Florida. Really? To twice a week. Uh, some newspapers have eliminated daily print editions, including Arkansas and Tennessee papers that embarked on an iPad giveaway experiment to help print subscribers transition. I think that the reason why a lot of these newspapers are shrinking is because 
uh, I don't think the people, the the public, I don't think that they, they just won't, they don't participate in it. I think that they rather participate, like, on a website or Facebook or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I think a lot of times, too, that with the newspaper, that whenever there's, you know, something that's gone on, I, I mean, specifically even in the town of where the paper's at, a lot of times you don't even hear about it. You don't hear about it or you do hear about it? You do not. Oh. Well, if you don't you read know? the paper, of course, you probably wouldn't hear well, about it. Right, but still, I, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot. Another problem is is that the honesty. It's, I think it's really gone away. You know, I, I think it just. You said the honesty. You're saying honesty has gone away. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you ever known? Uh, Slant, a government no. official to tell you the truth? No, well, of course not. Even if somebody isn't a paid government agent working for these. Uh, newspapers, they've already been government indoctrinated if they went to journalism school in college. So, Oh, wait, this this actually interesting uh, point that we were talking about on off, off, off air here. Um, the government is actually paying reporters now. Sarah, are you still a newspaper user? Newspaper user? Well, you know something? I, I do read the newspaper once in a while. Mm-hmm. If they... Um, Publish my letters. <laughs> I yes, uh, they have the editorial page, and uh, you know it's funny. And then um, a lot of people have read my articles, uh, like uh, representatives, state representatives. My friends call me. I saw your red uh, article. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it's really interesting. And I um, so you would not purchase a local newspaper unless you had heard that your story or that your letter was printed within. Well, yeah, basically, yeah, and I would cut it out. Wow. Well, I mean, we have to call the news station. Is did my letter get published? And you know, a lot of my friends that like the red light cameras, they like when when was it published? They want to get that newspaper too. They get um, excited with me. You know mm. what I mean? So, um, uh, so uh, Sarah has a bunch of yeah, friends that so. like red light cameras. <laughs> that's, well, that's yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's all part. I ever talk about. I mean, okay. I mean, what what else am I going to write about? Speeding vans and red light cameras, and then they published about three of my letters, and I would call all my friends that that go to these meetings. Like, I my I got my letter published. Read it. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.